at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Talking about Twitter, Matimu Wagashi Gombe says top four finishes like a trophy for small teams like Arsenal. Ho, ho, not Man United FC. I hope you understand. Okay, let's see what happens in the Europa League final, in the Thursday night football final. But let's talk about what happened in France because there was a new champion. We're so used to PSG winning the league every single season in League R. And we are joined on the line now by a French journalist, French football writer for French FT Weekly, Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, it's good evening from us in South Africa. Thank you very much for taking our call. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks. Firstly, how was the build-up to the final day of the season with just one point separating these teams? It was it was pretty exciting. I mean, there was there was still a lot to play for in in terms of the European places and the relegation place as well. But at the top of the table, obviously, it was you know a four horse race gradually became three horse to two horse. Um, Lille could have um, taken a bigger step towards the title last week by beating Saint Etienne. They only drew, so it put a little bit more pressure on them this week. They were always going to start as the favourites, but. People still thought, you know, they looked nervy last week. Maybe PSG will do it. So it was, it was a really exciting build-up. Was it the, one of the most exciting finishes in recent years? Because we're so used to PSG walking it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, 2012 was, was the last really close finish. Um, and since then, PSG have won every year except 2017, when Mon- Monaco won, mm. but relatively comfortably at the end. So this is the first time since 2012 that, that it's gone to the last day of the season. So, yeah, it's made a really welcome change when you think that for a lot of the, the years in between, PSG have, have won the title very comfortably, I think one year even by 30 points. Sure. So the big talking point is Lille. How did they do with Jeremy, in your opinion? What was key for them in toppling PSG? Um, I think this is, this is sort of the culmination of three or four years of very good work. Um, Christophe Gautier, the coach, came in in, in 2018. The team was actually um, very close to being relegated. But since then, the work he's done is brilliant. So 2019, they finished second. Last year, they finished fourth. So, and probably would have finished higher if it wasn't for the fact that the season ended early. So there's been a progression. And what's brilliant is that they've done it even though they've sold sort of two or three really good first-team players each summer. So it's been a mixture of uh, a really good coach who's getting the best out of his team, but also really clever recruitment. A lot of the time it's been sort of bringing in young players and then selling them for a big profit. But actually this year was a nice balance. There were, there were some good young talents that came in, but there was also Barack Yilmaz, a 35-year-old who came in on a free transfer mm. and was kind of a, a talisman who was, you know, he, arguably it was sort of, his force of character at times that, that pulled Lille through some difficult matches near the end of the season. And for PSG finishing second, does it mean then by their standards it was a poor season, not winning the league, or is there satisfaction, some satisfaction of winning the cup? No, I, th- I think the cup is just the consolation prize. PSG should be winning the league every year. Mm. If they were, you know, obviously their priority at the moment is the Champions League. So, if they'd missed out on the title but won the Champions League, they'd have said, overall, we're very happy. That's, that w- it was worth sacrificing the title for. But the fact that they, they, they fell short only at the semi-final stage, um, I think, and then losing the title, I, I don't really think that's good enough. Um, they've got excuses. The fact that last year finished 
very, very late because they got to the Champions League final, so it's almost sort of two seasons rolled into one. But, but frankly, anything below first place for a PSG team when you compare their, their resources to the other teams is not really good enough. And where did it go wrong for them this season? Um, I think, as I said, a lot of it was tiredness. They've had injury niggles and COVID at bad, at bad times, but every, every team can use that as an excuse. Um, the fact is eight, they've lost eight matches and that's not good enough. And I think they arguably even set a bad tone from the very first match of the season where they, they managed to get their first match postponed because they were all still on holiday in Ibiza. <laughs> they came back, a few of them got COVID and couldn't play and they lost that match. And obviously it doesn't all come down to the first match of the season, but the, you know it showed that even right from the start they were sort of playing catch-up. And maybe it says something about Not the arrogance of the team, but the fact that they kind of sometimes you think that they sort of expect that they're going to win and they don't have to be absolutely 100% every match. And it showed, you know, especially in the recent match where they lost at home to Lille, that you, you need to be 100%. And relying on a couple of individual talents is not good enough if you're playing against 11 players who play fantastically as a team. Um, and frankly, a lot of the time, PSG looked like it was kind of Mbappe carrying the rest of the team, and, and there weren't enough teammates who were doing their job well enough. Does that put a little bit of pressure on Pochettino then, even though he's, he's still a new manager there? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, he's, it's not his team. He can say that he hasn't had a pre-season with the team, that you know, none of the players that came in are, are his players. Um, But, and the fact that he's an ex-PSG player buys him a little bit more credit, but, the, you know, he came in in January, or actually at the end of December, they were second, I think, a point behind the leaders, and they finished second, a point behind the leaders. He had six months, he had long enough to overhaul Lille, so um, it's, while they will be patient and give him a little bit more time, it's not a great start and it definitely means that he starts next season with, with a little bit of extra pressure on his shoulders. Monaco were third. You mentioned that they won the league in the 2016-2017 season, uh, but they were just um, five points of, of, of Lille and lost in the final of the Cup. How do they look back at their season? I think overall they've got to be very happy, especially the fact that, that they got a Champions League place maybe they'd have looked on it differently if they'd lost that place, which really they should have done. Lyon threw it away. But overall, they've been, since they've won the title, so many things have gone wrong there on and off the pitch. So the fact that Kovac has come in and changed things and turned things around so quickly is really impressive. And actually, in 2021, they, were, they had the, the best form of all teams. It's just unfortunate for them that the first six months or so of the season, they had quite a few defensive problems that they needed to sort out. But arguably, this year, they've played the, the best football, had the best results. And if they can keep this team together and keep up that form, they'll be genuine title contenders next year. Okay, great. And we've got a couple of South African playing in League R. One of them is Kigan Doli, who plays for Montpellier. They finished eighth. What kind of a season is that for them to finish eighth? It's a, it's a really good season. They... they They're always kind of mid-table, but often they do it playing relatively defensive football. This year it's been more attacking, and it's unfortunate that they haven't got the two sides of the team kind of balanced and playing well at the same time. They've got a couple of um, 
really old defenders. I mean, Vittorino Hilton, I think he's 43, 44 now. Um, and, and this year, for the first time, they've been showing their age a little bit. Mm. And they've been bailed out by the attacking players, mainly the strike partnership of Andy Delors and, and Gaëtan Laborde, who have, who have been brilliant together, um, maybe to, to the sort of um, disadvantage of Keegan Dolly, who, who maybe hasn't had as many chances as he, as he would have done if they hadn't been playing so well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good season for Montpellier in terms of the sort of transition from defensive to more attacking style. But their manager is leaving, like a, a lot of league out um, coaches, the, the coach is leaving this summer. So um, it could be all changed and it'll be interesting to see which players stay or go and, and what kind of team is, is actually fielded when the new season starts. And how is the Keegan Dolly rated that side, Jeremy? I think he's he's popular in Montpellier, and and you know he he can be a, a an exciting player, a, um, a, you know a tricky winger and a good support for for the attack. But I think especially like I said with Laborde and, and um, Delors playing so well together and kind of changing system a little bit to, to three at the back and attacking wing wing backs, um, I think maybe he just possibly hasn't had enough chances or maybe hasn't quite done enough with the chances he's been given. It's always difficult when you're coming on as a sub and not, not starting very often to, to make a big impact. So I think he's been unfortunate that, that the, the, the system changed this year and that his sort of um, rivals, if you like, for the attacking positions have been doing so well. But, um, you know, hopefully he'll stay and be given um, more chances next year, especially if uh, Laborde or, or Delors leave and they'll have to think about changing their system again. Yeah. And at the bottom, it was also so exciting. Rain, Strasbourg, Brest, Lorient, all in the mix there. But Nantes made a late surge. They've ended up in the playoffs. Can they survive? I think they got to lose. Yeah, I th- I think they can. I mean, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I'd have said no. But <laughs> they won four matches in a row. They they lost to Montpellier actually at the, at the weekend, but you know four wins out of the last five is is, is positive, and I think more more to- more often than not the sort of the league A team in the playoff generally um, stays in 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 league A rather than the league two league two team going up. So um, I think Nantes have got to start with a lot of confidence, but Toulouse have done really well. I, I didn't think they would bounce straight back up. Um, but they've been playing really good football. They've got some really good young players. So I think it will be a, an interesting mix of styles. Nantes, I think, will be a lot more defensive. Toulouse will really go for it. Um, I would just about put Nantes as favourites, but I think it's going to be a really close call. We've got another South African at Strasbourg, Lebo Mutiba. He's had a lot of injuries this season. They finished 15th. Um, what do you make of their season? I, I predicted at the start of the season that I thought that they would, would struggle because I just felt like um, last season it felt that it was sort of the end of a cycle, that they were looking a little tired, that the coach, was, who's got a bit of a sort of reputation as having a bit of a temper on him anyway, was kind of getting more and more grouchy. And uh, all of that sort of was, was borne out. They, they struggled... I mean, they haven't been in really serious relegation danger at all, but they've struggled to get out of the bottom half of the table most of the season. Um, and the coach actually confirmed a few weeks ago already that he was also going to be leaving in the summer. Um, they, they were sort of saved a few times by their, their, their two big strikers, Ajok and Diallo. 
Um, and they have some very, you know, really good quality players, but they haven't really shown it this year. So I think everything has just gone a little bit stale for them. And, and they're another team that I think are going to be sort of maybe looking again at, at their project and, and how they should approach next season. Because yeah. they and need to freshen things up. And Lebo Mutiba is, is someone that's made a name for himself in France? Yeah, well, his, his, his first season at Strasbourg, he had a, a really good season. Um, uh, re- you know, really exciting um, runner with the ball. I think, you know, there was one of those players that there's a, there's a buzz when, when he receives the ball mm. um, and, and scored a, a good amount of goals as well. I think it was nine, nine league goals, which is, you know, really good for um, a first sort of breakout season, if you want, in, in Liga. I know he, he played for Lille previously, but, mm. um, you know, his, his first season as a regular starter last season wasn't quite so good and then he got this this serious injury which unfortunately has, has kept him out pretty much the whole season so i'm hoping that that he he'll come back and be able to to kind of um get back to those heights next year as i said there's, there's a couple of very good strikers there already so mm-hmm. if they can find some kind of formation that that fits everyone in and i think he does offer something very different to the other two they're both sort of real target men i think he's a lot more mobile so um, you know, I really hope that he can work his way back into the into the team and become a regular starter again. Okay, Jeremy, thanks for speaking to us here in South Africa. We really appreciate the insight of French League R. I know there are a lot of guys that follow that league, a lot of punters that also like uh, that league. And of course, we've got some South African interest in there. So we really appreciate your insight. Oh, is it gone? Ah, guys, I couldn't even say bonjour, au revoir. Uh, Jeremy, I was just saying goodbye. Thank you for speaking to us. Uh, we really appreciate the insight that you've given us. A lot of guys uh, follow the French League, especially the Panthers, as I was saying. And of course, we've got some South Africans um, in that league. So we really appreciate the time you've given us tonight. It's a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>